Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 56. Hey, everybody. Hey. And we're joined by Brendan this time. Welcome back, man. I'm back. Yeah, what happened today? Earlier today, mm. I recorded a podcast for episode 55, and Brendan couldn't make it this morning, and he had some car troubles, which, mm-hmm. man, photog adventures is starting to be known for. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Why do you start so all podcasts like this where he has like <laughs> zero energy and zero pace? Yeah. Probably because we were starting at midnight again. That's not a good time to start it. It's 12.21 a.m. We've done a bunch of videos for our free portfolio reviews, and we've done our Monday Moment of Envy, recorded two unboxings, mm. and planned other things. And so Brent and I have been going crazy this this evening. You've been here for four hours already. It's crazy. And my <laughs> stomach is telling me to eat something it's now. It's time to eat. So let's record this podcast and eat. So episode 56, we are talking about our fall colors. And I think it's sort of, we, we were aware of this, but it's this awakening to the idea of the afterglow. Yeah, yeah. It really was. Um, it's been more obvious, I guess, um, this last couple times, especially this fall. Um I think we really noticed it really well um, when we were hanging out with the Pocatello Photo Club, which we will talk about later. Yeah, next week's podcast. But it happened earlier in the summer. Um, but um, it was definitely apparent that night, and we've noticed it even more with fall colors. And I don't know if it's just because we aren't doing astrophotography as much now that we're doing more landscape, and so we're paying attention or mm. what. But it's just – it's. We've been, we've been awoken to the cool thing after we're going to talk about that in this podcast. But first, let's have a couple announcements for yeah. Photog Adventures. Many of you have taken advantage of our Black Friday to Cyber Monday deals. Thank you so much for supporting Photog Adventures and doing that. That's great. Yeah. Those of you who missed out, that's okay. We still have the opportunity to buy those things that were on there. Mm-hmm. You'll just have to pay the full price over at our photogadventures.com forward slash store. It's a shop that we have features on there, and they're coming soon with some processing videos. Yeah. ebooks and other things and cool stuff that we'll constantly be filling that up with and patrons you guys out there you're going to get access to these things for free like the processing videos and other stuff and yeah so, for the five dollars and up tier right exactly yeah. five dollars and up tier yeah. you'll have access to these things for free so we're going to try and make it more beneficial to be a patron and also give you current patrons awesome stuff thank you thank you so much for being a part of it yes seriously so Let's now, talk about James Kelly. Yeah, James Kelly. We have mentioned him before. You guys know about him. I've had a chance to be on the podcast. Brendan's still pending to be on his podcast, and he's yeah. just an awesome guy. If you guys don't know him yet, he is a listener who's found us. Uh, I don't even know how he originally found us, but he's come across our content months and months. I think I mean, it was like a year, a year ago. ago. Yeah, he's been one of the one of the early guys. Very beginning. Following I us, yeah. I can't remember when he began because it was pretty much the very beginning. 
entertaining. Yeah, yeah. He loves our YouTube channel and our content in the podcast, and he's been an awesome supporter through Patreon since day one. Yeah. And this guy has been... <laughs> He is out there doing his wedding photography in Faroe Islands, Mm -hmm. doing regular landscape photography all the time, and he hit us up a couple weeks ago with a proposition that we could not say no to. Right. And so, tell me more. more. This is back to our being an infomercial from last (laughs) podcast. I need to know. (laughs) So James Kelly will technically join us as a member of Photog Adventures. I say technically only because we are planning to have dozens of people like James Kelly, and it's not consistent necessarily as much as James Kelly will be, and people Mm. will join us in the future. When we get our patron to a point where we have that 9,000 mark, we have an extra 3,000 that we want to dedicate entirely to YouTubers, people who all over the world film a YouTube Photog Adventure. They send it to us. We QA it, check it, vet it for everything, for quality, and then if it's in good shape, we ask them to brand Photog Adventures, and it's good to go. We put it on the channel, and yeah. we pay them immediately 200 bucks, Which that's, is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's the plan, and we're very excited for that. And so you right now, we're not making 200 bucks a video. Far mm, from it. No. And not even close. And with $3,000. No, not even close. With $3,000 budget, we can hit up 15 people a month. And so 15 people, that means we've got half a month's worth of, pot, of videos that will be on the on Photog Adventures mm-hmm. from all over the world, and we'll be giving them 200 bucks each so that they can do this and keep going and hopefully pay for better equipment and just have fun, fun in their photography. Just support them and yeah. appreciate them sending a video of theirs and putting it on Photog Adventure branding and being under their name. So, for instance, mm-hmm. James Kelly's the first one of that, and we welcome him to Photog Adventures Love your work, James. Thanks so much. In the future, we're hoping even maybe in a week or two, he'll have his first video of James Kelly. It'll be Photog Adventures UK with James Kelly. Nice. I can't wait to feature the first video. He's done one that he didn't like. He felt like because the audio fell apart on him Mm. that it wouldn't work out. But man, it was right up there with a quality Photog Adventure. Cool. Things went wrong. He talked about it. He Mm -hmm. went through the whole issue. He's an awesome guy. And for a guy who's right there in Scotland and can go to Faroe Islands easily, he was an easy yes to say, okay, you're willing to do this right now before we're ready for this. And we'll work out this deal and this deal. Let's do it, man. We yeah. were so excited. Awesome to guy. Have him. Easy to work with. We're excited to have him on the team. Yeah. So when you think about the Photog Adventures team now, that makes us a group of six admins. Um, let me go through the list Dan, Rob, Brent, Josh, Daryl, Dean. That's all six. I mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. And I didn't even hesitate too much. Yeah, awesome. And Dean, I want to even bring up what I brought up today in the live webinar because I forgive you, man. You didn't take away four. Oh, I already said it. Four years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) He said today that I'm never going to let him forget that. And I guess I've just done it again. But no, I love Dean. Dean's one of the guys who's been supporting us in the very beginning as well. And so you guys, you're admins, you're part of Photog Adventures. And now we add James Kelly to the group. And so we owe him a hat in seven months. (laughs) Yes, we Feel will a get twinge those of guilt. done. Dang it. There's so much crazy stuff going on. It's just nuts. I got to get... I hear you. I want to get some shirts out to you guys too. So I've got some work to do. I'll get them done, guys. I you promise. will. Christmas will. will be a great present for you guys and James Kelly. We're excited. So James Kelly, 
you are awesome for offering. You are awesome for supporting and being a patron all these many mm -hmm. months. And uh, we're excited to have you on the team. This is going to be a blast. I can't wait till we can pay you thousands of dollars a month for being a part of it because you are going to bring such a cool element to Photog Adventures that we could never do. True. Yeah. And until we actually go out there, we won't even have that opportunity. So right. maybe uh, next year we can do that. It'll be fun. Hoping in the spring. Hoping for yeah. it. Yeah. So welcome, James Kelly. Thanks so much. And booyah. We'll be back. And those of you who haven't heard the announcement recently, I'm no longer editing the podcast. We're just doing quick 20-minute segments. So let's finish out this 20-minute segment talking about our fall colors and the awakening. And let's start with our fall colors experience out in North Carolina because that was our first experience of fall colors this season. Yeah, it was even before we did our own here locally. Yeah, so, in fact, the week before. One of the things that really stuck out to me was in the morning when we went there for the sunrise, met those crazy guys. <laughs> out at Lynco Viaduct. It was like, it was probably somewhere between 30 to 40 minutes even before the sun even rose. We had that light coming up um, from, the, from the horizon after blue hour and this really extreme red streak you know right at the horizon it was so red i i i just like blood red like bright it's because uh, i couldn't even see it the way that we were precariously perched on those rocks it, i couldn't shift my weight enough to turn fully around and see what you were looking at over because it was shoulder. a little bit behind us in a way. very yeah and um i was looking at them just like wow that is like the same level of red that we saw in the summer um, out in uh, Bryce Canyon at the sunset. Yeah. And we were higher up at that time too. And, um, we can kind of look over and even, um, the, the, the horizon at Bryce Canyon was actually higher too. Um, so the elevation was different. So there was mountains blocking the actual horizon. And so I think when you in say North, Bryce Canyon, are you thinking of Canyon Lose, Overlook in Zion? No, the loose can the Lucy Canyon. Lucy oh, Canyon. out there at Lucy Canyon. Um, it was that night that when the sun set, it was got super concentrated red after the sun had already set, right? Some of the afterglow there. And so this was very similar, but it seemed more distant and it seemed way more on the horizon because we were much higher up at the Linco Viaduct mm -hmm. on that yeah, rock. on the Blue Ridge Parkway. We could really see the horizon like really clear and that bright red happening. Um, it was very interesting. Oh, yeah. I couldn't see it fully, but I know that that whole horizon looking out on the coast, I don't know if it's a combination of you know, moisture, humidity, atmosphere from the coastline and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, maybe. It changed everything. We have sunrises here in Utah that seem to be far, uh, let's just say the color is far different and far muted compared to the mm -hmm. color of our sunsets. And I think it's temperature that does that, I, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe. And when I think about that sunrise over there, it seemed like a sunset on the on the beach. And so maybe that's what it is, is oh, the, the ocean yeah. and reverse side. It's just as mm -hmm. the water, as, as the sun comes over that horizon, it brings with it what amazing color. Yeah, maybe. And, and I think we might need to try it by going to um, someplace like Garzman Pass where we can get really high and actually see mm. the horizon and the sunrise but Let's even when it. i think about the time that i did go for sunrise i don't remember that kind of color though it's more of a pink right or a yellow it's, we it was get these yeah it's, it's true it was much pastels. softer because i went with a few years ago i went with some friends and we watched and we were there way before the sun rose and as it came up 
I did not get that level of intensity hmm. that we did. So, And so the fall color specifically out at Lynn Cove, when you look at the tree leaves, I want to bring up, I mentioned it before, and I want to bring up and emphasize it. I had a ton of green leaves everywhere mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. some smattering of yellow leaves and changing leaves. I thought, okay, this will work out all right. But then when the sunlight was above the horizon and that glow, initial glow, you have a picture where it shows at like 528, 529, 530, 531, 532, 533. I was taking all these different images mm-hmm. of this exact same composition, and I go from a green image with orange highlights to a completely glowing orange straight out of camera. Amazing shot. It wasn't like golden hours, like lava hour. It <laughs> yeah. was just, lava hour began. You know, it was really insane. It turned green leaves orange and the entire terrain orange, and you had direct light hitting the Linco viaduct. And so the cement fixture, the features there and the foundation all getting a nice color. It was amazing. It was all complete color cast, and it's something I'd normally correct in my processing. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I did correct it a little bit just because it was so intense. I wanted to bring some it of it back. It would look fake. Yeah. yeah, it really would have. And so the fall colors there, I, I just I couldn't believe how amazing it was with green leaves. Imagine what it was like for those people two weeks later mm, who went out there and no. saw it in the peak season. <sighs> on a normal year, we would have been there on peak season. So it was kind yeah. of like we were kind of felt like let down. But that morning pretty much made up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is uh, pretty awesome. Should we talk about that Pocatello Photo Club night or save that for the podcast next week? Because that fall colors, we have so many other things to talk about, but that fall, that afterglow, we're hitting on it. And so it's so I, perfect. To talk I know. I, I think we're just going to have to, you know, um, maybe some fore, foreshadowing on that one. So okay. Let's you guys have some it. more of that to look forward to when we talk about that. Um, is that next podcast? Next podcast. Oh, this is the next podcast. So. Next week. We'll hit on, we'll hit on that subject again. You guys aren't going to hopefully get tired of that. Yeah. So we leave North Carolina. You guys have already heard in the previous podcast. And we mm-hmm. come home and we're exhausted. We're beat. We slept terribly in an airplane. We're mm-hmm. hating how uh, we're looking at the trees on the hill. And we're thinking, oh, my gosh, they're still red. And there's mm-hmm. a lot more of it than before we left. Oh, and yeah. we kind of hated that realization. Like, I'm so tired, dude. I don't want to go hiking tonight. Yeah. And we did that yeah. very night. Um, no, I take that the, back. It was the next, was the day. next day. Yeah, we actually did hopefully get some good sleep. I think I did. That's right. My wife was out of town too, and she. I came back and relieved our babysitter. And oh. then the next day, my wife was coming back, and I was like, you know what? I left the babysitter there. I had her come back and watch the kids because uh, Brendan and I are going to go out. She's like, you've been gone for a week, and you're going out again? Yeah, Photog Adventures now is less about going out once or twice a month mm. and kind of more about getting back from a Photog Adventure for at least one week every month because it seems like we're gone all the time now. <laughs> well, and that's been great to be able to travel this year. Yeah, it has versus been. Versus the first years we just did locally, so. And all that gas and car rental cost, you guys have been helping us on Patreon, so thank you so oh, much. Oh, yeah, it's been extremely helpful. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Brendan and I have not really made a scent from doing what we're doing with patreon patreon isn't helping us live off of this no it it has made it so our wives don't want to punch us in the face every time we bring it up 
Yeah, because we're just draining our checking account. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, more trip Hundreds funds. and hundreds yeah. of dollars in the hole. So thank you guys so much on Patreon. Had to bring that up again. So we took off. And Fall Colors, if you guys have followed our YouTube channel, you've seen our Fall Colors video from last year. Mm-hmm. And probably by now, seen our version, you know, 2017. Yeah. Where we went out again. And last year was amazing. This year is astonishing a better than amazing <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. It was better than amazing. I mean, it, last year was great to get there, to explore it, to check it out, to find the rock. Oh, yeah. All those cool things about being there the first time and then being familiar with it, getting there faster. Um, kind of. Sort of. <laughs> because oh, brutal. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, that may be in the section two sec- in this next segment coming up, but... Um, Having the experience of getting there and, and knowing the spot, though, knowing our composition, mm-hmm. and then being so excited when we first hit the trail and seeing so many leaves that were still on yeah. the trees and just blowing up on us. We thought, I mean, I'm sitting right here in our studio, and we have Brendan's shot from 2016 behind us, and mm-hmm. you can see how there's red trees everywhere, all throughout the composition. Yeah, yeah. But on the trail coming up, it didn't really seem like we were walking through a wonderland of color no, like it did in 2017. No, no. I think you guys maybe experienced it in your areas too. Cause when we were out in Oregon, Portland had more color later in the season. And they oh, said, yeah. this is not normal. We don't normally have any yellow still going like mm-hmm. they had in these trees. And so we're in, a, in this like brilliant fall colors year where not only do we have color so late in the season, but it seemed like because weather was consistent enough and then kind of changed universally a little higher altitude and a little lower altitude parts of the hill they all kind of uniformly change color Mm. at the same time Mm -hmm. that window if you see the video the second video you can see how we're walking through tunnels of color like it's Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory it was amazing. And just seeing that big tree when we first got the trail <laughs> and it was just huge tree, just so vibrant that the sun actually came out a little bit and hit those leaves oh. and it just lit up. It was amazing. I mean, I just had to stop and like jaw drop, like, oh my gosh, this is why we're here. This is so cool. I'm so excited. And this year immediately smacked me in the face with landscape photography for fall colors is crazy hard to predict. You have mm. no clue. There's websites out mm-hmm. there that give you this slider that goes through the weeks and shows how the as the time changes through the season and elevation is. It shows this wind. It kind of gives you a topographical map of this color scale that shows in this color frame, in this this little uh, range of color, you're getting the peak season. And you can see that pink peak season color on the very tips of mountains mm-hmm. and work its way down into the valleys as you go through uh, the slider, yes. yeah, the time yeah. slider. So imagine a map that you're sliding from August over through November, and you can see it all green, and then the peak color color ranges start showing up on the peaks and then they travel their way down the hill. Yeah, like migrates down because the colder areas, right, get hit Mm -hmm. with the colors first. And they start changing. And so we looked at these timings and said, oh, well, you know, first week of October is actually the peak season for North Carolina. Mm -hmm. This is on that edge of that western edge that shows all those mountains on the Blue Ridge Parkway. That wasn't true when we were there in the beginning of October. It was much later. It was such an off year, yeah. And so it's such a challenge to time a trip to do fall colors. We're yeah. fortunate that we have some cool areas right around home that we can just drive up in at a moment's notice. But the plan next year for Blue Ridge Parkway, we are, I don't know how. 
Well, it's going to cost us a lot more too. Cause if we like call Roger or, or Jordan and say, Hey, you know, what do you think? They say, Oh, next week. Well, if, then we buy plane tickets, right? We're going to get charged a ton more. Not only that, but car rentals will go way up because the Blue Ridge Parkway mm-hmm. have millions of visitors during that actual peak. Right. It's right. crazy insane because the population out there on the East Coast is such that it's mind boggling and they can all drive in in four mm-hmm. hours and be there. They don't mm-hmm. have to worry about flying across the country like we Which do. Which a lot of people do still. And they right. probably have friends also telling them when it's peak season is coming and stuff. So I think the only thing that's going to be more challenging than finding fall colors and doing them at the right time and traveling to the cool place to get them is going to be someday getting out to Japan and hopefully joining Bender out there because mm-hmm. she's still mm-hmm. out there and her husband can take us and show us the cherry blossoms. I mean, oh, I yeah. really want to do spring cherry blossoms this coming season, but I, I don't know what week is going to be the best and it could match up with the workshop or it could be something that I find out after the fact. And if I were to get on a plane right now and fly there, it could all be gone because big yeah. winds that night blew off most of the blossoms. It's over. Right. And, and that, and that, and financially it could be a 2020 type of thing too, just because we might not yeah, be able to do it financially next year. So, you know, there's all these, <sighs> yeah, ugh, dreams. I know. And <laughs> they all require money, guys, and it stinks. You guys know. It's the same struggle you guys have with oh, everything else. It's just yes, we all know. Time and money, time and money. So, so it is something that you can't know until it happens, or you go to a location, just stay there for two, three weeks, mm-hmm. and overlap it somehow. Hope that in those three weeks, you'll overlap it by several days and get a chance to repeat a shot. Because if yeah. we could have gone to Linco Viaduct every day for a two-week period after that sunrise morning, Mm. it could have been amazing. I got a portfolio shot there that I'm very happy with, but Mm -hmm. imagine, imagine what it could have been. I know, and we've seen some results of that too. Some followers on Instagram and stuff like that have posted and a week later, two weeks later, and we're just like, ah, it's amazing. I wish we were there two weeks later. This one awesome girl had a shot, and she was going out there, and it's just a casual, I don't even know if it was her camera or if it was her iPhone, Mm. you know, and it was just, the colors were so much better than what we had. Yeah. Brilliant. Well. <sighs> so challenge of fall colors is definitely there. Let's mm-hmm. talk more about what we got up in Dry Canyon after this first break. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back and we'll talk about, you know, didn't quite make it. If you've seen the video already, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Just recently in our Black Friday deals, some of you have noticed that we have the two-on-one workshop. Yeah. Where we get both of us this fun adventure hangout where it's not just a one-on-one because one-on-one can be kind of awkward. You have a fun yeah. time one-on-one, but you have a when you have a third person, you have everyone has a freedom to to bounce off each other and have a fun time talking, and so you get a much more cooler, neater, just hangout experience, fun time. Mm-hmm. Plus, you got the advice of two photographers to help you as a student to get a great shot. You have a fun time out there, and so these two-on-one workshops, we really enjoyed selling them at a price of two ninety-seven for this Black Friday deal. That's over, unfortunately, but if you're still interested in them, they're available for 450 at photogadventures.com forward slash store. Check them out. 450 is still a great price for two photographers in yeah, one night and yeah. come hang out with us. I'm excited. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. We're talking about our trip up in Dry Canyon. It's two years in a row, gone back mm-hmm. to the same place during fall colors. And man, are we loving that place. It's so awesome because it's so close to us. Yeah. 10 minute drive from your place. Maybe right? less. Yeah. I mean, from the time we get in my car and get out up there at the trailhead, eight minutes? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. We haven't timed it really, but it feels really short. And timing it was something we should have done because we found out this last time that we went, 
it's not quite as quick as we thought. We mm. thought about it like, well, we lollygagged. We waited here. We also stopped at that weird um, structure that someone built, that little like hunter hangout right mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped there for a little while. We thought, okay, maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Hmm. Yeah, I think we had a lot. We gave ourselves a lot more time last year. We did definitely have more time, and we weren't aware of how long it took us to get there in position for the sunset. Mm-hmm. And this time, we had barely an hour and 40 minutes before sunset, and we were rushing it. What were we thinking? <laughs> uh, we had just got back from North Carolina, and we weren't thinking at all. Oh, we were tired just, still. Oh, we were so yeah. tired. And so we thought, okay, we'll just hurry up the hill and enjoy it. I had very little in my pack, so it was very easy to hike mm-hmm. with. But man, I forget. I should pull up my um, my tracks is an app that I should bring up more mm-hmm. where I start it and it records everything without signal, without cell signal. It'll record my GPS conditions and take me. And, up yeah, and, down, and, the, and, the amount of, and then and it, and it records the actual mileage right all the way up to that spot yes. and back. But the thing is, it's not just about the mileage. It's about the intensity of the hike at the beginning. It's so steep. We have to go up so high at such a short. So, so we have to go at so much elevation in such a short amount of um, miles or half mile, quarter mile, whatever. That first part is just really, really hard. And it, so it wipes you out for the rest of the trek, which is actually not as hard, but you're already like exhausted from the first part. <laughs> and so the fact that we, we were already tired from coming back from North Carolina oh, right. and that we're already like kind of out of shape already to begin with, it was just killer, man. So um, we should have given ourselves like a solid three hours. Yep. And we're going to have to remember that from now on. Like next year, if we want to do it or any other time we want to do it, we have to give ourselves three hours to get to the rock that we like. Um, If we want to go anywhere else up there and explore, it's going to be like four or five hours we should give ourselves, really, you know, Um, because there's a lot of stuff up there still. There could be some other really cool spots. I mean, the whole time we'll talk about it here in a minute, but we talk about looking backwards behind us. There is a fantastic shot, mm-hmm. and we have so much more there to get. I'm looking at my MyTrax app, and when I started recording, we already kind of got up the trail a little bit, yeah, yeah. and it shows me at 5,500 feet in elevation. Now, at the very beginning of this trail, it's straight up, yeah. And so I'm guessing about a hunt about 500 feet probably was added if you look at the rest of the tracks i forgot to stop the recording and we drove all the way home so oh. when i drove back home i ended up at my house that was just under 5,000 feet of elevation right and so we drove up to a certain point i'm guessing somewhere around 5,100 is where the trailhead begins yeah because we drove up a hill it's mm-hmm. a pretty good hill pretty yeah. good size hill go up pretty quickly and mm-hmm. then our initial hike 300 400 feet wouldn't be surprised because yeah, yeah. by that point you're recording at 5,500 and get this in that time we went all the way up to 7000 feet oh my gosh we had a 2000 a 19 let's see almost 2000 almost 2000 feet uphill change and so we went to six, oh this isn't 6766 6, okay so, so we went like up 12043 feet oh, 1243 feet okay so an extra 1000 incline in that short 1 hour and 40 minute hike Mm. that was no wonder we felt like death when we got there yeah so think about climbing a thousand feet what does that feel like what do you think (laughs) (laughs) it's no mystery it is not fun and after our first few recordings we realized oh crap we are gonna it's gonna work out the sun's gonna show up Mm -hmm. and oh 
I haven't mentioned that. The clouds, they were so thick. Yeah. We spent the entire afternoon checking them. I went to my daughter's bedroom to look out there. I went to a balcony in the back trying to look and gauge the complete cal- complete cloud cover overhead thinking, should we still go tonight? That's the thing is I think took time. I think we were humming and hawing about whether we yeah. wanted to go instead of making a firm decision like let's just go and see what it's like and give ourselves some hour, a couple hours to do it. Instead, we kind of waited until – well, actually, it's possible, so let's make it happen. You we know? did want to see that the skies were clear enough, and yeah. you had a 40-minute drive to come down south and join me, and then we were going to go. And so. I think it was a little bit late arriving. I was I was like a half an hour late, I think, on my time. We so started later have... than even when we decided. We decided right. to meet at this point. We started a half an hour later than that point. And so that by the time we were at the trailhead, we weren't already 30 minutes into our hike. We were just barely starting. Yeah. So that definitely hurt. So it's like I want to emphasize the clouds because you get there and you think, this isn't going to work out, guys. Mm. Let's just, why do a crazy 1,200 feet incline hike in over an hour just so that we can get to the top and have this, the sun be blotted out by clouds? Right. I mean, completely blocked. But perseverance, perseverance should be, along with Afterglow, the theme of this podcast <laughs> because we decided to do it anyway. We saw a mm-hmm. glimmer of hope, and that glimmer of hope was completely accurate. Yeah, because halfway through the trail, we saw breaking and the sun was shining in certain parts. And we, it was we saw it breaking up and, and getting those pockets of sunlight. And we're just like, oh. It's one of those perfect scenarios where you have tons of clouds to play with in your sunset mm-hmm. and a gap for the sunlight to hit. And we're talking Utah Gap. A Utah Gap means that there's a valley that we're in and we're going mm. and dealing with the mountain range between us and the sunset horizon. Right. So that sunset's even earlier for us than the actual sunset. Yes. And so yeah. we're dodging, the, the, the sun is dodging behind a, a mountain long before it's actually sunset. And so, I mean, to have it have a gap that the clouds aren't blocking and the mountains aren't blocking mm-hmm. Is huge. Now, one of the benefits, though, I just thought of, um, and we've seen time and time again. I mean, I mentioned it's um, it's not afterglow. It's I'm going to say it's preglow. So, because the sun dips behind this mountain range, we have a lot of these um, lower hanging clouds that are hanging right above the mountain will be lit up almost as bright as the sun, getting direct sunlight mm. hitting those clouds, and those clouds act as a direct light source as well. We've they seen it in our own a pictures. glowing cotton ball that then radiates right. light out in the, in the right. valley. And we've seen it time and time again. And it's because of that. It's because it ducks behind the mountain and because the sun isn't actually set yet behind those mountains, it's still directly lighting the clouds that are above the mountain and creating a really powerful light source still. Kind of like a diffuser, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hitting like the Like a light scrim. box. It's becoming a light box in <laughs> yeah. the sky. Yeah. That is an interesting point because then we get this diffuse light going everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's very soft on the mountain. And even though it's diffuse, it's still very directional because it's coming from just that one point. Mm, yeah. And so it's not like giving a dome of light, which, which is making everything boring. You're still getting some contrast from it still too. Gosh, I hadn't even thought about that as being an extra bonus. It kind of I is. I hated area, yeah. the fact that the, the mountain range that I love is also a a culprit of knocking out either a sunrise or a sunset or mm-hmm. both because of how high they are. Right. But this is actually a benefit. It is. It is. And we, we notice that in a lot of our shots too, that, um, and we can use that to our advantage if we're aware of that and kind of, you know, semi plan for that. Cause it's not going to happen every time. No, but you can at least, um, in really the back of your mind, that. no, yeah, in the back of your mind, you can at least have that as a possibility and then work with it. The area, if you guys don't know where we live, 
in Salt Lake Valley and Utah Valley. Brandon's in Salt Lake Valley. I'm in Utah Valley. And there's this section of Rocky Mountains that are very, very tall. Mm-hmm. And they completely block the sunrise, completely. It's it's an hour later that we start seeing direct sunlight. Yeah. yeah. Over on the west, we have shallower, lower, lower mountain, mountain ranges yeah. that are but just- still pretty high. High enough to block a lot, mm-hmm. but not the giant Timpanogos Peak right. that everyone hikes just to prove that they're manly enough, you know? Yeah. And so this area that we're going to, we're hiking up the taller mountain range at the lower foothills to look out over a Utah lake and the sunset going over the lower, practically we call them foothills, but many states would call them giant mountains because yeah, they don't yeah. even have mountains that big. Not in Phoenix, no. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lost Dutchman State Park, still shorter than those. Oh, I'm yeah. Looking at the picture right here, that's probably as high as the Lost Dutchman. Maybe, it's, maybe higher. Part. Definitely higher, you think? Probably, South Mountain? Pro- yeah, probably. So this area... When you're hiking up it and you're starting to see that it's working, we're thinking, man, we got to get through the colors. We can't play around and film anymore. We got to get up Mm -hmm. the hill. And I was feeling intensely worried that I was going to miss it. Oh, yeah. This isn't going to happen again. We might not have the clouds like this again. The day before when we were exhausted, blue skies. And All the, the way and, through sunset. And then even the day after, I think it was predicted to be a, a clear sky. And so our chance for a dynamic sky was this night. Yeah. And we did not yeah. want to waste it. So I am thinking, oh, I wish I had 15 more bleeping minutes so that I can get up that hill. And so we're pushing it. We're pushing ourselves. And we're going up and resting just because I might die if I don't rest just a little. Okay, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I have this Mind Shift Horizon bag, and it has that waist pouch that comes out like a fanny pack. And so as I'm hiking it, we get to some groves where it's flatter, and we can kind of go much faster on the flat terrain and make up for all the slowness on the high mm-hmm. inclines. So I'm starting to almost run at this point. At one point, we even did run mm-hmm. as far as we could go, and it felt like miles, Gosh. and it was, what, probably was like 30 feet. yards. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went out and ran, and then we okay, okay, got back to walking. And when I went back to walking, I, I wanted to save time somewhere, so I pulled out my fanny pack mind shift bag, and I've got my Cameron, uh, my Cameron, I got my camera and my Tamron lens, and I'm starting to fit them to the camera and get it all set up and ready to go so that when I'm there, all I'm doing is plopping it onto my tripod. Mm. I can't reach my tripod in my mind shift bag, which is unfortunate because it's really convenient it's right how I can side, get everything, yeah. but it's on that side in a weird awkward position where the buckle is. I always have to ask you to help me get that part Yeah, out. your arm just doesn't quite uh, turn the way yeah. it needs to. to get... I-, I wish there was a way for me to attach my tripod to my bag around the fanny pack so that I can reach down, unhook it, and take it out mm. when I am doing my fanny pack rotation. That'd be awesome, Mind Shift. If mm. you're listening to this, Mind Shift, let us know because we'd like to support you more and talk about this bag and get some benefits changed. Mm. It'd be great yeah. if I could get to my tripod as well. So I'm starting to like hustle through a grove of trees and put together this camera and try my best not to, you know, put my big thumbprint on the sensor or mess up my lens because I'm just, I'm trying to shave off as much time Mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at your map. Another thing we should have done, another thing that we should have done before we left from down below was identify the rock on one of our phones. Mm, We didn't identify our rock. It's very obvious when you're there. It's very obvious from the freeway. But But the best route there is not. No. And we found a new route on our way back from it last time that we were going to try to save time. But then because of that, we weren't really sure where the turnoff was. 
Yeah, well, we know the we knew where the official the 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 initial turnoff was because I starred that on my map. Yeah. So we were able to find out that and shave quite a bit of time off. But it was it was halfway up that trail. The the little tiny um, path forks. Yeah, and it forks that, off. That, at that point, we got confused, and I think we took a longer way that way, and so. And if you look at yeah. my my tracks, we can see um, where is the actual map. Um, bu- bum, bu- bum. Okay, let me say done on this. Okay, now I'm looking at the map. So check this out, man. So we went all the way up. We turned around the front of the hill. Yeah. And then this is where we turned off. We go up the hill a little bit, and I look at. I'm looking around, going. I think we go back out this way. I'm thinking the rock is just mm. right out there. I was wrong. And we're looking at Brendan's map in a satellite. He has some sort of brown object among a bunch of green trees. And but I'm it like, wasn't quite it. I'm like, that's it. And I shouldn't have been so decisive on it. It's just we've got eight minutes, you know. Mm. And I'm thinking yeah. I don't want to miss it debating on it. I just want to go. Decision, 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 go and run. And you can see us hike out over it to this point. And this is the point where I am. We thought it was. And now we're at, let's see, this is 375 it's feet. so much further away. So <laughs> where I end up taking my sunset shot as the sun's going behind the mountain is still, what do you think that is, 500 feet? Oh, at least. Oh, it's more. It's more than 500 feet. Look at that legend. So if we put this up next to each other, as the bird, as the crow flies, that's probably 1,000 feet away. Yeah, and, and it was a struggle for me. I found a little deer track on the other side of this practically cliff. I mean, the only thing holding this dirt on the side of this mountain was like the roots of these scrub, stroke, oak. scrub oak, which are also almost impossible to go through because they're grabbing you every single inch you oh walk through them. So I found a little bit of a deer trail with a little bit of clearing, and I just beelined that, booked it as That's far as I- That's where you went? Because all of a sudden yeah. you disappear around the corner? yeah. I have no idea where you are. Yeah, and I just get and I could have died. <laughs> I mean, literally, I slipped. Crossed your mind. And had to grab a couple of scrub oaks sometimes <laughs> to help me stay on this trail. Then I lost the trail, and then I had to find it again, and it was nuts. And I just, I just booked it as fast as I could, totally exhausted. I made it to the rock just barely in time. How much time was left? You say you just barely made it. Was the sun above the mountain? I had maybe five minutes of time with the sun Direct above the mountain. Direct sunlight? Yeah. Oh. Maybe five minutes. And so I was so flustered and so I, I, I didn't even get my same composition because I went further over. That's another right. life risking um, proposition. If you have even further over to the other rock. Yeah. If you haven't seen the videos yet, you guys don't know that we're talking about these rocks that are very large and mm. it seems like they've broken apart from where they've or I don't know where they originated, if they came down the mountain and rolled there or what, <sighs> but there's these Thin They're very pedestals and yeah. pronounced like pillars next to a big rock, and they're we're talking like fifty feet high off of the line of oh, scrub oak. Yeah, on yeah. one side it's it's flush with the ter- terrain, you probably walk you right onto yeah, it. Yeah, climb like a little bit of like a two feet jump up kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And the other side, fifty foot drop offs. I mean, and there's like a and between the rock that I've got my original composition, which you found yeah. later that night, there was about a four or five foot gap. Between boulders. Where like rocks were resting next to each other yeah. at the base, but at the top they had a huge wedging. The wedge wedge like the wedge kind of splayed out mm-hmm. and had a five foot gap. And I had and I had jumped over that and then got that. my shot set up and I'm just <laughs> oh waiting a minute. Gosh. I'm like 
I don't remember jumping this huge gap before. <laughs> and, and and you're just like, dude, you're going to totally different composition. I'm like, yeah. Um, like but it's there. cool. I mean, I was way further over and that I was having cool. a harder time getting the same rock in my last shot. I'm like, why is, so, is you why is it so you hard? In your last composition, we're looking yeah. at it. And yeah. the thing is, is it wasn't a hard thing to get a composition at, but you kept trying to get this back mm-hmm. and you're, you're just not recognizing. And I wasn't recognizing it. anything because I was in a totally different position. And even though I was only 10 feet away, I couldn't get the same exact rock formation. Yeah. But I was still happy with the rocks that I did get in there because there's still plenty of rock to work with. And it's interesting still. And it's got that awesome curve of the goalie. This goalie goes down to the dry canyon and it's got that awesome curve where on the left side is, you know, Dr. Seuss trees of red. And then on the right side, it's barren. It's an interesting juxtaposition right here. So last year I had my Canon 17 to 35, an old lens they stopped making years ago. And I was using that last year. This year I had used my Tamron. So I had much better clarity, a lot more resolution, better detail, even better color. And so I was really, really happy with, in general, the image quality was so much greater. Even though the body was exactly the same, Switching lenses made a big difference in my image quality. And it's interesting because you handled your processing so much different in those pictures because you had a different clarity. Mm -hmm. And I missed a bit of your red as you kind of kept it more green. You focused on the green around the red Mm. more in this image than the color cast green that's in this image that's behind us. But uh, yeah, it's interesting how the Tamron caused you to change a lot about the image because of the clarity so different. Yeah, yeah. And I really appreciated seeing more of the branches. I mean, when I was my first original processing of last year's image was very muddy. I thought after processing the first time, and and I thought, oh, it looks really saturated. But I was not really that. I didn't really bring the saturation very high. But it was no, just so saturated in general that day. And your reds were clipping. You were actually mm-hmm. clipping your reds. And like I didn't like that because it was making everything muddy. Dark. So what's funny is I went back like three months later after doing more learning on how to process in Lightroom and I reprocessed it and look, looked much better. Oh. But then still compared to this year's, this year's was so much better just because the I had a better lens and it just worked out so much better in general. I love that Tamron 15 to 30. It's fantastic for Astro, mm-hmm. fantastic for landscape. Yeah. It's just a versatile, beefy tank. Yeah. And I would love to compare it to the new Canon um, 16 to 35. Is that yeah. what it is? 16 to 35? Um, cause that looks like a phenomenal lens and it's probably, and it's smaller and probably weighs a little bit less, which would be great. The Mark three has more yeah. plastic in it than metal than the other previous marks had. I don't know if it's that or if it's just, it's, they've always been a little bit smaller. The Tamron is a beast. I mean, the oh, Tamron's just versus big. the Tamron. Yeah. Right. It's much smaller. Yeah. So I do want to, I do want to pick that lens up. Maybe I'll rent it and, um, please let's go to pro is a great place to rent it from. Maybe I'll go there and do that and uh, maybe do a comparison test. Cause I'd they love have to a go discount to right now. Oh. 25% of our orders. Okay, 25% of orders over like 300. So that'll be expensive okay. for most people. Mm. They won't go that far with an order, but they have a 20% discount, I think, for anything between now and middle of December. So if you're thinking about renting something, might, okay. right now might be the right time to get a good price. Yeah, maybe. And then they have also um, sales on their used equipment as well, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you guys are interested in doing a lesser order, you guys can still use the Adventure 10 discount code that we 
offer through the podcast. So. Yeah, please do. Adventure 10 will let them know that you came through us and that, that they want to keep working with us and we keep that relationship yeah. going. Okay, uh, sorry guys, I didn't mean that to be an ad. It just, just turned totally, into one. Sorry, yeah. Didn't mean <laughs> that for that to happen, it just did. But that scenery, if you guys haven't seen the video, even if you have seen the video, you don't really understand how reckless and crazy it is to go to the further rocks. I mean, when Brendan came yeah. over to those rocks, it wasn't something at the same level. He also had to climb down and jump over and... I There's think I'd no use saying. my tripod as like a really like a like a pole vault. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> just to make sure I wasn't going to be too crazy. Uh, and you had no idea if those rocks were stable. They might have had a lot of loose rock when you. Yeah, I mean, you spot. kind of just you just kind of assume that a giant boulder is going to be Fair stable, enough. right? Yeah, like what's a couple hundred more pounds? You know, three hundred, four hundred um, more pounds. You're pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and in this area that he's at, he's capturing the sunset as it's going down. But I'm over here at this at on this the ridge point kind of, of right? sweaty dismay, just sitting there going, "I didn't make it. I I didn't make it. I was discouraged and optimistic and enjoying it. And let's talk about that. And I'll tell, I'll share my story of that area and how my pictures turned out from that and then going to the end of the story right after this last break, since we just did an ad on lensprotogo.com. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about our two-in-one workshop again in this habit. Thanks for following. We'll be right back after this. When you guys purchase the two-in-one workshop, you have the freedom to schedule it whatever works best for you. Yeah. So we'll we'll work with your schedule. If you guys are flying in from out of state, we'll pick you up at the airport and we can do the whole thing. Just basically just a big hangout, you know, yeah. for that for that time. We will decide with you what the best place will be. I mean, you guys, if you have a dream to go to Salt Flats or if you have a dream to go to Goblin Valley or to yeah. Arches or wherever it is, we, we can arrange that and we'll, we'll drive with you down there. And it'll be just a lot of fun going to the, the spot that you've always wanted to go to. Unfortunately, it's going to be one spot unless you buy two of them, you know. Yeah. But uh, this is this is priced for one night to hang out, do maybe some astro at night, some sunset before, maybe even some sunrise. It just depends on what works out. So. Yeah. And with your time, it's one evening. Hang out with us. Have an adventure. Check it out at photogadventures.com forward slash store. Cool. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. We are in segment three of the podcast where we have the rest of our stories, if we have anything left, and we go into listener adventure, tip of the week, and gear time. So let's finish up the story because at Dry Canyon, I was sweating. I was crazy. When we went out from that spot and thought, okay, it's through the scrub oak, we were forced to I mean, that scrub oak, you already described it as being nuts. It's mm -hmm. like it's like the scene in Little Mermaid when all those little guys are grabbing at your ankles and pulling on your wrist, trying to keep going into Ursula's cavern so that you don't accidentally go in and make some deal that's going to end your life forever. This scrub oak was trying to prevent us from going any further. It's like, don't go out here. Oh, yeah. This is nuts. our terrain. And it makes you wonder how many people actually venture out there um, as for other photographers because... Um, I don't, I don't think I've come across any other images from that location. And maybe it's just crazy enough that people don't try it because it's mm -hmm. just, it's just nuts. You know, I have a scar on my thigh from being stabbed from a, from a branch, right? Remember that branch at the very oh, end yeah. hanging out. And I stepped forward in the dark and I couldn't see that it had one sharp branch pointing towards me. I just basically stepped into with full weight into a dagger and it went through my pants, my canvas pants, and poked a hole in my leg. Ugh. Just enough to bleed a little bit. Yeah. But even today, it has a nice little scar there. And what is it? No the warrior Dece scar. December, November. It's photography warrior scar. That's where yeah. I fought a scrub oak, and I, 
I guess I lost technically. It's still there. Well, you're both still here, so you know. Yeah, it's a tie. It's a tie. I had a draw. <laughs> it was an awesome football game where we got a draw. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm still in Syria. But anyway, this situation out at this spot, once we had gotten through all that scrub oak, I knew I had committed. And if this was the wrong rock, I wasn't going to make it by sunset. Mm. I didn't have the energy left over. I didn't want to miss the moment and thinking if I go any further up here, who knows how much longer it'll take. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to risk it. Brendan, I'm glad that he was willing because then he disappeared around that ridge. I thought, okay, Godspeed, man. I hope you live and make it because if you do, this video is saved. Even if I end up over here in this random spot, we're talking... It's just a sloping hill. There was nothing in my foreground. Mm. I tried to bring in some trees. And so the only thing I could do at this point was take a panorama. And I loved it. Yeah, it's a great shot. I turn over to my far right and I'm seeing Tipanogos, the face of it. it. That is behind Little Baldy Peak and Big Baldy Peak. And you're seeing just these dynamic leftover storm clouds. It's yeah. snowing up there. Right. And it's open over the valley. And so that whole panorama goes across that. And then this was not here last year. Um, I want to pull up my picture if I can. I, I mean, it was snowing on, on me when I was up there. Little tiny snowflakes were coming down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, it's actually snowing. And I think that probably that part might be in the video. Um, it was the first time in a while that we've actually, maybe ever, we've actually like split up. It was like solid 20 minutes before I saw you again. Yeah. And honestly, at one point you yelled out for me and I responded and you could barely hear me. And then I traveled even closer to you and yelled out the same volume. You couldn't hear me because I went behind the ridge just enough and through some different scrub oak that our voices traveled differently. Yeah. And so it was really And I was just trying to, to tell you that I'm here and I'm safe. I made it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on, <laughs> it's join still me. Awesome. The water's fine. I'm pulling up the YouTube video so that I can see that's that picture because I want to talk about it because it's just what happened with the panorama is it it goes over Big Baldy's face. When you see the picture of Brennan's from last year, you can see it. And even this year, I'm pretty sure I'll have to pull it up again. But that side that's all Dr. Seuss trees is on the left and on the right is this what last year was just white. Um, weeds and reeds and grasses, kind of whitish yeah, like yellow. grasses and dirt and, and sand. And then green yeah. on the evergreen scrub oak kind of mm -hmm, crap. Mm -hmm. And that's all it was, and it was just kind of okay. But in this time, because of what was going on with the colors and the fall colors, it was like all the fall colors that were happening around me in these trees, but in this carpet, this carpet mm -hmm. over the mountain. Mm -hmm. And that mountain had a really glorious... Yeah, there was a lot more deal. yellows in that on that side versus yeah. the previous year for sure. I'm really excited to pull it up in our video and show it because, I mean, we need to talk about it. And this is me at the rock, so my picture's already happened. And maybe I didn't even show the picture yet. I showed it at the very end. So we talk, we talk, mm -hmm. boom, here's this. And okay, here's Brendan's shot. Oh yeah, here's my panorama. So I'm looking at it right now as it goes over and look at this craziness, the yellow in the mountain, mm -hmm. in the clouds, mm -hmm. friggin' awesome. And it's causing that diffuse softbox light that you were talking about right. before, where it is bringing contrasting shadow and dark 
because uh, they're casting a shadow as they're really low clouds. Yeah, yeah. So they're blocking the sunlight from hitting the top of this mountain. But then it has this carpet of all these colorful bushes and every... Oh, I can't zoom in, right? This is a <laughs> YouTube video. I, everything I do now, I try and pinch and zoom. This has red pockets, green pockets, oh, yeah. yellow pockets, orange pockets, and even more bushes that have color. Mm-hmm. And the texture, the the feel of it, it's... It's it's really, really, really interesting. Yeah, it was very surreal, actually. Looking back and seeing the photos, it's like, wow, that really was, like, that was really happening. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it was so amazing. When we got to the top of that rock, it was just like, wow, this is way more intense than last year. So different from last year. It wasn't just green and yellow. It had all the other colors. And I could have gotten a portfolio shot of just this big, baldy mountain peak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so cool, so unique. After this shot and just being there, I knew that turned out really cool. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't have to see my panorama fully stitched to know that with those yellow clouds right there and the way that this carpeting is looking in here, oh, it's astonishing. It is something that I thought, okay, I'm coming back every night this week and I'm going to try and get a shot of just this area. Mm. But then the clouds were never good enough and... I was so exhausted. Right. I couldn't right. even think about doing it. And so I want to get this again next year, but just look at this panorama. This spot, even though I felt like I was getting gypped because I had zero foreground, you mm-hmm. can see in the pano, really it starts cropped out and you can't even see the terrain in front of me mm-hmm. until you get to the far right and the far left. You can't see the terrain that surrounded me from where I was sitting here. And as you see the sunset, you can see it's resting on the saddle of those mountains yeah, in the distance. Yeah. And so I, I literally had barely any time left. The fact that you made it out to that rock in time is a, is amazing. I'm so glad, dude, because mm-hmm. you Billy goaded it over there, mountain goaded it, and made it where I, at 200 plus pounds, I couldn't do it in time, and I was able to make the best of it, even though. And I'm still really happy with this panorama because this panorama now is going to be printed awesomely large. Yeah. And it's going to be a mural in my office for life. I can't wait. And now I was jealous when I saw that panel. I was just like, oh, wow, I wish I would have done a panel like that now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since you got those really dynamic clouds in the background. But mm-hmm. since we have our pictures, and this is rare for our podcast, we have our actual final process pictures because they mm-hmm. turned out so good. We can look at Brendan's image. We talked a little bit about it, but we have So the clarity ex- on this versus last year is just, I mean, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, you it's really like do It's like twice as clear. I mean, it was just... It was so much easier to process. It was so much more fun to work on because it was just a joy. Because uh, the last year, because it looked muddy and the colors look, you know, this this first print. That's why I said when I redid it three months later, I got some of the blue out. I made it more. I did more of the color correcting where Ooh, it was nice. more white, white rock, not blue rock, you know. Mm, and right. so, um, and these were all HDR stacks, you know. And so, at least three images H- HDR, um, you know, bracketed, and so. I had a lot of dynamic range to work with, uh-huh. but I was just always disappointed with the color cast on the last last year's. And so this year's was just so much easier to, to find the right color and to really bring out the greens and the reds and still have that white rock be white rock, you know? And this picture really shows off what was happening versus your last year image. Mm-hmm. You can see the right side of the, the canyon that is formed of Dry Canyon. You can see on the right side how over last year, it's all green green with some mm-hmm. bushes that are red mm-hmm. over here all those bushes that low level low lying what i thought was all scrub oak it has color changes mm-hmm. in there and so 
those patches of red and, and yellow it. and it's yeah. a carpet of green that now has a bunch of soda spills all throughout mm-hmm. it you know just different color of yeah. stains but in this case beautiful stains all throughout and it's yeah. just such a different having this what do they call it on a dog or a cat what do they call that when they have like calico or, or um dalmatian type like spotting yeah or something like that you know the 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 texture and pattern is so neat and so cool and i'm glad that it had this terrain and what's interesting is look at both pictures back and forth you had a sky that was really blue and white mm-hmm. versus a colorful red cast glow it's yeah just, just really early in the sunset and that's why it's so yellow well the clouds are definitely different because if you notice in this last picture the sun is actually higher and yet it's still creating a lot of that glow mm, yeah. on those happening. So there was more atmosphere um, behind last year. There was more atmosphere behind um, the mountains where it's, it's similar, but there seemed to be the cloud shapes were definitely different. And so it was casting more color, I think, behind the mountain last year, whereas this year it seemed like more the mountains, more of the clouds had moved forward towards us and between us and the mountains instead of behind the mountains where I think they were here. So mm. um, definitely some different light going on. And uh, definitely more purpley last year. Oh, this yeah. This year, there's a lot more blue, more clarity. I think a lot more of the clouds moved on us by the time of sunset mm-hmm. versus last year. We right. were shooting through rain right. in this situation. Right. And so it's really cool to see the differences, but I'm, I'm, it makes me excited to go again la- next year. You know, like I'm not it's, getting tired of this <laughs> We're going to have spot. to do it every year. And we're going to get another portfolio piece every year. Yeah, maybe we'll just have to upgrade, you know, the same <laughs> picture to the newest revision. I think we should do a listener adventure next year when we do this. Those of you in the area closer, we should do a listener adventure that wanna, for it. Yeah, bring that want to try to kill Rob. yourself. And, uh, oh, bring up oh, Melanie and Jeff would come. Yeah. Yes. We're so. going to give ourselves plenty of time. It's not going to be fun, but it'll be well worth <laughs> it when we get there. Yeah, it's a bit of a hike, guys. It's a bit of a hike. So... What went well and what didn't go well? Let's go back and do mm. some of that right now. I have a what went well that I'll talk about my next image in that what went well. So let's start with yours. Mm, yeah. What went well? It, you've already said a lot of it, but if you summarized yeah. it, what went well for you in your photography? Um, barely making it on time. <laughs> that, went, that went well, That's I guess. That's not what I, went well. I hated that part. I know. Um, what went really well was um, the fact that I was able to get to a similar location but different. It was interesting for me instead of doing the same shot, exactly the same shot yeah, over. Yeah, you could have proposed, you could have composed the exact same image, and and maybe I wouldn't have been as excited about it. You know, I would have been excited that it had more clarity, definitely better clarity, definitely better image quality, definitely better um, even light, and I think my even my processing was better. That went really well, but I really am liking the fact that I also didn't have the exact same composition. That I did have something different. And so I kind of like that. As you well. could have gone here and taken the exact same shot, and then now you have to choose. It's a binary mm-hmm. choice. This mm-hmm. one or this one. Here you have two different images mm-hmm. that are just similar. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to, well, keep one because now I mean, obviously exactly clouds are different. Identical. Atmosphere is a little bit different, and even the colors and the that's true. And the colors and the um, bushes are different, but um, but yeah, um, everything so else what, could have been the same. Yeah. What didn't go well? Um, time as usual, you know, we yeah, but in your photography, time. in your photography, what did the photography go well? itself? Um, uh, I don't know. Not I, sure. I really think about it while I go over mine. I'm really happy in general, but maybe you have something that can give me some insight. 
oh, well, insight into what didn't go well for no. your photography. <laughs> I'm not going to give you insight. <laughs> well, here's what went poorly for you, man. Um, in my what went well is my second image, an image that I thought was impossible to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I walked from my spot slowly to catch up with you because really you were getting the rest of the video over there. There was nothing left for me. Mm. And yet I arrived and you say, hey, hurry, the sunset's still here. And I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, look, the sun's way down low. And this is where the afterglow lesson mm-hmm. came and it smacked me in the face. Last week we were in Oregon or two weeks, I guess, no, ago now. Michael Shanebloom, he called it, if there's a cloud burn, he called it a cloud burn. He's like, I wonder if I have a cloud burn. I'm like, you know, that's a good way of phrasing it. Mm. Because when the cloud burn happens, you've got this light that's coming up over the horizon. And if you have high enough clouds that aren't getting any color during the sunset, there's a chance that they're going to get nailed by that horizon light as the sun is dipping below the horizon and now angling. And it's going to give such a different color than you've had all sunset. You look at the image before, we had the very yellow, orangey sunset. And now that afterglow has a lot more reds and Mm -hmm. pinks in it. Mm -hmm. And that blue color behind the pinks is very interesting. It looks like a 1980s blue magenta shirt. I I, Mm -hmm. I have this image of my parents doing some fun run where they all wear in the same shirts and in the 80s they have these light blue colored shirts with this gradient red across like a, a runner silhouette mm. and i could picture that in this it's like a new york life something i can't remember exactly what but that's the sky and i came thinking i'm not gonna put my camera out again it's over but brendan standing on the rock i decided i'll come out and do a video with you mm-hmm. and as we're there we're looking and thinking i should at least try you yeah. should at least try perseverance. Once again, perseverance, pull your camera out and take a shot and see what you like about it. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out to be my favorite image of that whole trip. I know. And I was actually packing up my camera like, yeah, I got it. Nothing I made else it. here. I made it. I got it. And then you're out there taking pictures. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. He's going to get an awesome shot now that I missed uh, the opportunity for. Uh, I can't believe it too. I mean, I wasn't a genius. I was just uh, trying something. And because I never made it to the rock, I felt like I had to take a picture there. Mm -hmm. If I had already been there and already stopped, I would have been like you and packed up. But we learned. We learned a huge lesson in landscape photography. You don't give up until blue hour, guys. Right. You don't take your camera down till blue hour. After blue hour, yeah, sure. Unless you're waiting for the Milky Way, you can pack up and go. Because there is this time when the afterglow happens between sunset and blue hour that depending on the height of your sky, of your clouds, Mm -hmm. they can start going nuts. And what's interesting about this shot at this time, if you notice, there was still tons of cloud in our view. Yeah. When I took my shot 20 minutes later, it had cleared up. So half your sky is clear. Yeah. Whereas in 20 minutes before that, it wasn't. Over our heads, it was really cloudy. And one incredible benefit of this that went really well that I couldn't plan for, that I just got lucky, is that there was a big section of clouds high enough in the sky to mm-hmm. receive this red light mm-hmm. that then filtered that light down on me it reflected it and yeah. filtered it all around and it was lighting my foreground yeah. when you look at this image in the video you can see the night sky lights in the city down below which is because awesome. it's so dark that it needs lights and yet it was lighting up my foreground i can see the rock there's definition i mean i didn't bring up the shadows too much i still have good vision on mm-hmm. the terrain mm-hmm. it's it's got the color cast of the pink and the salmon because of this timing and so nothing's very green it's it's not green mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. but oh oh my gosh i i love this shot yeah 
I originally had three compositions that I was gonna bring together to get all the dynamic range. I only ended up using two hmm. because I didn't have to bring my shadows up all that much. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't have to do that much composition, but there is a composite right here on this horizon where I brought in this nice pink sky that doesn't blow out the cloud. And then I brought in my little extra exposure on the foreground. So there's two different exposures here mm -hmm. where I composited them together. I didn't move my tripod, I didn't do any of that. It's not like I faked a sky, it's just that I used a two minute, actually it was like 10 seconds later because mm. I captured the shot and then I changed my settings for a bracket and captured the foreground shot, right? Okay. Yeah. And the foreground's more visible here. And you said it, with the lights in the city, it takes what was a busy distraction. And you mm -hmm. look at your image here, it's just a busy, colorful distraction mm -hmm. that now has this uniform twinkle. Yeah. All similar color of lights. The main road passageways have longer streaks of light. Mm -hmm. And it really helps take what was a boring segment of the terrain and make it interesting. Yeah. Elia Locardi talks about this a lot and you wait till blue hour for all the city lights to turn on. Yeah. It's a cool image. It's already a great sunset, but man, you wait for those city lights and the people's rooms and apartments and over there at the Cinque Terre and you've got like all these really cool old ancient houses and their lights turning on. Mm. That is the money shot yeah. right there. Comp compositing in those lights being lit in the, in the foreground buildings that, you know, weren't turned on during the sunset, but are right. now turned on. And then that brought together, it's amazing. Yeah. Lilo yeah. Cardi is a huge inspiration for sticking around for Blue Hour, and yet I wasn't really obeying it. I wasn't listening to that advice. Mm -hmm. And so that went incredibly well. So very excited. I'd say what didn't go well for me in my photography was that I have noise that I wish I would have stacked to get rid of. Oh. If I could have stacked my foreground and thought about, I, I didn't think my foreground was going to turn out. And then when I saw my back of my LCD screen, it was just glowing orange and it looked like daylight. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got it. I'm good. Then I went back to my desk and I saw how really dim it actually was oh. and how a lot of the shapes and colors were blending together with noise. And if I had taken a few more exposures or just stacked them and brought them together, I think I could have cleaned up that scene mm -hmm. just a little bit more. Imagine if I had this with just a little more sharper rock or a little bit sharper terrain and not so soft. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. might be better. I don't know if it would be better, but it might be. And the other thing is I think a little more atmosphere in the sky maybe getting some of the glow or the, the light to shine and kind of break out. Maybe dodging in some in some highlights on the clouds could make it even stronger. Yeah, right man. now it's it's quality, but could I make it a little stronger? Possibly. Right. And that's just you know something that could be added to. It's not what necessarily didn't go well. I think just what needs to happen in all these moments is you've taken all this time to get here, you've had the situation, take as many shots as you need. Yeah. Keep going on this and get a great shot by trying other things that you think won't work. And go home, and you might find out, just like I did years and years ago, capturing this yellow field, that last 10 images I took, I was like, I'll just zoom in a little closer on this barbed wire, and I will get focus on that and capture my scene with that in front. Okay, why not? It's my favorite shot of the entire freaking trip. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's actually my background still. Yep, it is right here. Yeah, I still have it as my iPhone background, a shot I took in 2006. And it, it was just an experiment. It wasn't even something I liked. I took maybe three of these, and I was done. Mm -hmm. And I came home, and my best shots were those with the barbed wire in focus. Yeah, it's, yeah. It really does go to show that um, if you're there and you like the area, play around, experiment. Don't just like try to get the shot you want and then leave. 
Yeah. yeah it's it's something that I um, try to do. I try to remember that more too. You know, I tend to experiment a little bit, but then sometimes, uh, you know, like this, for instance, I did pack up early and I did, um, I did start ready to head out and you were just like still taking shots. I'm like, huh. Well, you even encouraged me to take those shots yeah. too. Yeah. Cause, cause You're I was like, just hey, like, dude, seriously. Shots, dude. Yeah. Try what happens. Yeah. But you didn't think that but I didn't do it myself. <laughs> yeah. You I'm like giving you good advice and not doing it. It was kind of weird. <laughs> so let's go ahead. And now that we got these stories all told, actually, dude, is there anything that we wanted to mention? Mm-hmm. No, no. Awesome. So we covered yeah. everything. Let's go into gear time and tip of the week. And listener adventure so if you guys are on our photo adventures listeners group you guys can go in there and do hashtag lpa listener photo adventure and i can find your story what i want you to do is tell the story behind the image Mm -hmm. say okay i went out there at 3 a.m and did this blah blah tell me all the stories give us your settings your camera stuff stuff like that and then if you have that in there we'll share it and share your picture and the listener adventure this week comes from someone on our facebook group that i had it all saved up and ready and queued and then we went to our Monday moment of envy. And so um, did you think of what didn't go well for you in the meantime while I pull this up? I, I really was very happy with my shot. Um, I'm sure there's probably something I could think of as I um, go back to the original image processing maybe, but I think um, everything turned I don't out know. great. Yeah. I mean, I wish I would have got city lights. Um, also, I would have loved to have had a shot where I composited those in with my other shot maybe or um or just you know getting a similar shot i think what didn't go well was my attitude of just kind of i thought i nailed it and got the shot i made it in time and i packed up in the meantime you were taking those fantastic shots of city lights and i was sitting there going hmm i'm not <laughs> taking those shots and now i'm missing it and then so i think that was just dumb of me i should we both experienced yeah. that over the years of photography photographing together photographing what's the word it's too late Mm. Uh, going out and capturing images together (laughs) it's experienced that where I've been and you've been and taking that shot and thinking you know I'm done he's not I wait for him and he gets this amazing shot that I wish Mm -hmm. I had it happens all the time I think that's the only negative of going out with a buddy is that sometimes they do something you wish you had yeah, but at the same time, we still have um, be in the same spot and have different shots, which is still pretty cool. Yeah, to see that absolutely. So I found our listener adventure. It is from Ryan Luna. Ryan Luna's in our Facebook listener group, and he's only recently joined us, or at least came out here. He's been watching the videos from really day one on oh, our Photog Adventure okay. YouTube podcast or our YouTube videos. So he's been seeing our stuff for a while. He's recently joined us, and this is a shot of his out at the Grand Canyon. And so let me just tell the story real quickly. It's over Thanksgiving break just last week. And his wife's like, I want to go camping to the Grand Canyon. And he's like, well, who am I to say no to that? Mm -hmm. And so the family went down, they booked a site at Mather Campground and spent a couple days down there just constantly refreshing the website to see if there's a campsite that would become available because over Thanksgiving weekend, apparently it's packed. And so they got lucky, drove seven hours or so out there from Orange County out there to the Grand Canyon. And he got this shot at Yavapai Point. Check this out. Wow. He has the opposite end of the Milky Way. And this is a good Mm -hmm. example of how the Milky Way, this end, you can see all the time. Right. And it's it's the outer arms. In the position that we are in the Milky Way galaxy, which we learned today is a... Oh, I can't think of the word now. It's like a lava pants or a lava pants. I'll have to look it up. Hmm. Someone told me that's a neoplasm. 
neoplasm, I think he said, where Milky Way and Galaxy are too redundant and unnecessary. Mm. Anyway, but uh, in this Milky Way galaxy, where we're positioned, we're in the spiral arms. And if you look towards the core of the Milky Way galaxy, we get what we see as the core. It's awesome, mm-hmm. beautiful. Tons of stars are, you know, bunching up as we look through a flat disk of stars. When you look outward, you're seeing a flat disk of few stars. And mm. yeah, we can see a shape mm-hmm. because there's you know, a billion stars still, but it's yeah. just not as compact. Yeah. And you can see the Andromeda galaxy. You can see the Perseids and you can see Cassiopeia mixed in with all these stars. So, you know, he's looking at that north, that outer rim. Yeah. And he's got that over the Grand Canyon and still being that it's this time of year where you don't have the core. It's still an amazing shot. It's it really, really is. Cool. And this is the point where we um, were there earlier. I mean, I think maybe in the same location that we were facing south. And so what I had was that wall, you know, from the horizon down mm, yeah. and then the Milky Way above that next to that tree. And um, I took that picture in um, early, in late spring as we were going down to the IP retreat. And he's in the same, if not same, uh, similar position, but he's facing north. And so he's getting a lot of that cool Grand Canyon, you know, those structures and the detail, the rocks. and You can see the Grand Canyon. It's yeah, 5 a.m. It. and he's still seeing all the yeah. Grand Canyon. And all those city lights back back there, um, even bouncing off the clouds. But he's lucky enough to have those clouds really low in the horizon and just wide open. The clear sky, sky above him. Completely them. wide open. Yeah. It's a really awesome shot, Ryan. Ryan was using a Canon 60. He used a 24-millimeter Rokinon that I have. Mm-hmm. It's a single image for the sky, mm-hmm. but then the the terrain, he has three images that he stacked to bring yeah. out detail. Yeah, exactly, because you're not going to be able to get that much detail when it's that dark still. And so, um, and this time of year, 5 a.m. is uh, pretty dark still. Yeah. You know, the sun doesn't come out, come out until about Another 7. hour or so. Two yeah. hours, yeah. Yeah, and so um, great, great idea to get three, sta- three shots of that bottom part because you're going to need that to get those to get the detail, to get the light shining through and stack them up and get that mm-hmm. detail is really awesome. And it's really neat that he's out there for Thanksgiving break with his family. Mm. He's at the Grand Canyon and he's not missing his chance to take advantage of it. Ryan didn't yeah. waste any time and he was out there at 3 p.m. He Good got work, there man. finally after a long drive and yet yeah. still stayed up at Friday morning at 5 a.m. to capture the shot. Mm-hmm. And so... Great work, man. That's a serious photog adventure. Going out to the Grand Canyon right now would be a blast. The night yeah. sky out in Grand Canyon is beautiful. Yeah. I'm sorry the core wasn't invisible for you, but this is a beautiful area. Awesome shot. And I am jealous of you. I wish I could be out there right now. Seeing the Andromeda Galaxy in here in the Cassiopeia, I bet Orion was glowing that night. Mm-hmm. So great job, Brian. Awesome listener adventure. Let's go to gear time and end this podcast. Okay. Um so today for gear time, I'm going to talk about outerwear. When we were when we were hiking up the the canyon there for fall colors, it was pretty cold. I mean, it was snowing on up us up in the hills above us. Yeah. yeah, and at the very end, it snowed a little bit on us. Yeah, and so um, the initial part of the hike is so steep that you just don't want anything. I mean, you could take your shirt off practically because it was so, oh, so exhausting. Um, but that sweat will turn into cold very quickly when you stop and then start taking pictures. And so one of the things I was grateful for was good outerwear. I mean, I had on just regular jeans, I think, and I wish I had on maybe snow pants or maybe even packs. almost came in shorts, remember? Eey, that would have been bad. Oh, yeah. I wish I had packed my snow pants and my 
in my, uh, you know, I've got thinner snow pants. I got fluffier snow pants. Oh, you know what? I'm remembering it wrong. You almost put your snow pants on the hike in. Yeah. And you would have hated that. Right. Too hot. Horrible. And so, um, so I think I just left them at your house or something. No, in the car. I think you left them in the car. In the car, yeah. And but I was glad I brought my windbreaker and had a fleece on between because the windbreaker was awesome. Um, It wasn't really windy, but what you never know. You know, if it gets windy and you only have a fleece, you will start freezing yeah. really fast. So windbreakers are way easy. You can crunch them up and pack them. They're really light. And you're so glad that you had them if you need them. Mm-hmm. If you don't have them, then you're going to be hating life, you know? Absolutely got to emphasize that point too because I just barely picked up a good one. When you needed to replace your boots that you soaked in mm-hmm. North Carolina, mm-hmm. we were at Dick's Sporting Goods. And I had a chance to pick up a nice clearance yeah. for a windbreaker that's waterproof and has breathability mm-hmm. and was able to go over my fleece and bring that into an insulating layer and oh, not just so my outer layer. And when it started snowing on us and I, I wasn't wanting to be fully covered, but because they were there, it was slick against the scrub oak. It was nice insulating and keeping me warm and blocking the snow on the water. And it's just, it's so light. Mm-hmm. The windbreaker is so tiny, bunch it up, put in the bag. Doesn't bring that much weight to my bag right. at all. And yet it's going to provide, you know, 20 degree weather warmth when I need it. Right, exactly. So, so layers, you know, we've already discussed that in previous podcasts mm-hmm. is great, but don't forget about your outer layer. It's so important sometimes. And even to have it packed, something like windbreaker and even windbreaker pants, you know, that you yeah. can crunch up light. What do you use them last? Man, you will just be so glad you have them. So, um, we have a couple brands that we use. They're not exactly the same, but they're similar in the materials. And so, just look for something that has that breathability, something that's going to have that water resistance and, um, and, and that's labeled windbreaker, you know, because then it'll really block that from flying right through you like a fleece would. Yeah. I mean, a fleece is going to wick your sweat and then that wind's going to blow right through and chill you off <laughs> oh, so fast yeah. that you're going to be freezing. Oh, and so you down. need to have that protective layer. So, <laughs> And yeah. when you're out there for Milky Way and doing photography, even just for sunset, you're going to stay out pretty late. And mm-hmm. then you have that whole hike back. And it's, the hike back is usually easier and requires less energy. So you will be cooling down the whole time. So mm-hmm. Don't yeah. get sick on your way out of a photog adventure. No. Man. And not just a hat either, but, but um, you know, a beanie is something you can really pack up. We've uh, done that now every, haven't mm-hmm. we? We've had our hats going up and beanies coming back. Because I wore a thing, I think I wore the beanie coming up and it was soaked. I mean, it was just wet. <laughs> Ooh, but I, I was glad I still had it because even though it was wet, I put it on and it kept my head warm and kept it from freezing even though it was cold, uh, even though it was wet. So it, it's still a good thing to have, so. Absolutely. Awesome. And gear time, specific gear. We don't have anything to recommend other than the general stuff. So no Mm -hmm. links for this time for you to check them out. But as winter is coming and here really for most of us, not us right now, but I think it's going to happen this week. This soon, very uh, soon. You guys are going to need it and you're going to want to get out there still. So pay attention to outerwear. The tip of the week has been given throughout this podcast. It's perseverance. And among, among that perseverance on sunset photography, do not leave until blue hour. Yeah. Wait for what happens. We're going to talk about it in the Pocatello Photo Club. And it's just, it's absolutely emphasized by Brennan and I now. We're like, okay, we're not leaving until that. We're going to wait and make sure this happens because you can't gauge necessarily where those wispy clouds are. Mm. There are clouds that sometimes you can't see until it becomes lit up with the sky. As the sky goes pink, you're like, oh, there's a ton of thin clouds up there mm. that's being covered. So do not leave until blue hour every sunset, whether it's terrain that's man-made that has lights that are being turned on that'll be more interesting to have or it's just the sky 
AI changing even that much more to make something more special about your image. Don't give up and leave too soon. So that being said, can we say maybe the tip is prepare for that? Because some situations like when we were in Losey Canyon, if you don't have a light. Like a headlamp to get any, out there. Any source light source that you could use as a flashlight <laughs> yeah. or whatnot, you are going to put yourself in treacherous situation. Mm, and good so, point. So if you're going out for um, landscape photography sunset, bring a headlamp, bring a flashlight, or make sure your phone has enough charge to run the LED because you're going to need that extra light to see your way through some of these paths. Depending where you are, it could be really dangerous. So, so prepare for that. Make sure you have a light with you. And so when blue hour's over, you can get back to your car safely or whatever. Absolutely. Be ready for it. Stay till blue hour and get prepared to do so by warmth, light, anything you need yeah. so that you're ready to go and get that shot because it'll be portfolio just because of that effort. Yeah, exactly. Guarantee it. Exactly. So thanks guys for listening to the podcast. Thanks for being here with us for episode 56. Yeah. We want to emphasize, go out to our iTunes this week. This podcast is going to come out tonight. And so you guys have two this week and because we wanted to give you more stories, why not? Yeah. We're still playing catch up anyway. Mm -hmm. So go out to our iTunes and give us a review on there. And we're going to check all the reviews that come through. And anyone that comes through between now and Monday, we're going to look at your two, five, seven, ten. And of you, I'll randomize and reward one of you with a free Carson Lumi Loop. I'll send it to you. I'll pay the shipping to get it out there to you. We want to give you guys a special reward if you help yeah. us out. Give us some more reviews. Google and Stitcher is another place you can do a review. But we really are going to focus on iTunes right now because it's the best way to help us. Let's just keep it it's all the in biggest one place. audience, I think, is iTunes. So. It really is. Yeah. And so if you're going to do, if you're going to give us a review, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, please go to iTunes, give us a review there. It'll help us out the most and help the channel so that we can be right up there with Jordan Yance and Nick Page on landscape photography topics. And just so you know, we're only accepting five-star reviews. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, give us an honest review. We love hearing it and seeing it. We've seen all of them and just really appreciate you guys. Hope you yeah. guys have a good week. Thanks, guys, and we'll catch you later. See ya.